led me to the scripture I'm going to read today that talks about these three uh, points I'm going to give you today. I want you to listen with your heart. I want you to listen uh, with your attitude of, of willingness to do things different than the way we've been doing them uh, in our lives, every day of our life. You're going to see these three words I give you here in a minute. Uh, it's something we do every day physically. But I want you to hear the Spirit of the Lord and what He has to say spiritually about these three things we need to do in our lives. I'm going to read in Acts chapter 12. I'm going to begin with verse 6 and read 6 through 8. I'm reading, reading out of the Living Bible. It says, The night before there was, uh, was to be execute, executed, talking about Peter, he was asleep, double-chained between two soldiers, with others standing guard before the prison gates. When suddenly there was a light, in the cell, and the angel of the Lord stood beside Peter. The angel slapped him on the side and side to awaken him, and he said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel said to him, Get dressed and put on your shoes. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. These three things that the angel told him to do is something we do every day of our lives. Get up, get ready, and then get moving. We're living in some very strange times today. Never before has America been in the place that we are in. There's always been evil in the land. There's always been confusion We've always had division around, but what we are facing today, I believe, is unprecedented. And I believe it is because that we are so close, so close to the greatest move of God ever. Many people sitting here today and in churches and at home and different ways have never seen a move of God like I'm talking about. Oh, we've seen a few people saved in here. A few people say, well, I saw this one healed, and I saw this one set free from different things, and, and God did this for me, and God did that for me, and we've seen moves of God in our lives throughout our lives. I'm beyond, now we'll be 65 before too long next year, and, and I've seen God do a lot of things. And I've seen a great move of God once in, in the uh, move that Brownsville, Pastor Bobby talked about Brownsville Revival. And, and I mean, it was a very powerful move. I'm telling you, it really was. But I really believe God's about to do something. That was maybe in one local church, even though it spread worldwide from Brownsville. And there's been other things like that that has happened throughout the years, even before you and I were alive many years ago. But let me tell you, God is about to do something I think is so awesome, so huge because I believe the next greatest move of God is going to usher in the rapture of the church. I really do. I think we're that close to the coming of Jesus to get us out of this mess. We've had a lot of talk in the last really few years, but especially the last leading up to this last election. We had a lot of talk about a red move and a blue move. Let me tell you, I believe we're fixing to have a God move. 
I think we're, I think we're fixing to have a spiritual move that's going to sweep across this nation that's going to blow the red and the blue out of the water, that they're not going to know what's happening. They're not going to know what to do with it. I think it's going to cause more confusion in some people because they're going to be just shaken to the core more than this pandemic has shaken them because it's going to be a life-changing move. Floor squeaks. I really believe everything is lining up. The stage is being set. And God is about to move across his land with such force like never before in our lifetime. So I challenge us today. I challenge us to get prepared. Not later, but right now. We are all looking for that miracle drug. Everybody in this that I work with, that I see, they're all looking for that miracle drug going to help us to get rid of this thing. To sweep across the land and take away this pandemic so that we can go back to living again. There's got to be a miracle drug to do it. And we've got all these pharmacies that's working on it. And now they're claiming they're real close. And how they're going to get it across to get everybody in the nation to take it. Because they've got to have this miracle drug to solve this problem we've been living in for the last year almost now. Let me tell you something, my friend. We're all looking for that miracle drug maybe to free us from this lifestyle we're having to live. But let me just remind us today, there's only one miracle maker. His name is Jesus. It's not some pharmacy company. It's not some pill you might take. His name is Jesus. And we need to understand that God is in the business of healing still. God is in the business of miracle-making still. God is in the, as we sang, God is in the business of freedom, making the change fall. God is in the business of moving in our lives. If we can just get ready, get prepared, I should say, for what God wants to do in our lives. So I challenge us today, the first thing is don't, Put more faith in what you think man can do than what we know God can and will do. Do not put your faith in one company that's going to create something that's going to put your lifestyle back to normal. Get back to God. He is the only one that can put us in the normal lifestyle. And when I say normal, it is a miraculous lifestyle. It is a lifestyle of freedom and victory and hope and peace and all the things that's been trying to be stole out of our lives right now. We can literally, God is the one that can and will do that in our lives. God is up to something big, so let me challenge us today to get prepared. In this story, Peter has been preaching the Word of God along with James. James, in this instance, was the brother of John, James and John, the sons of thunders. Peter and James had been preaching the gospel. Herod was the king. Herod was the evil king. Herod was the wicked king. He was the one that didn't want anybody to take over his throne. 
and he's going to do everything he can to stop the gospel. And when he heard these two guys preaching, he sent in the soldiers. The Bible says that they killed James with the sword in front of the people. Said the Jews totally went wild when he did that. So much so the King Herod thought, wow, I like that feeling. I need to do the same to Peter. But it just so happened to be Passover, and he thought, hmm, we need to let this thing rest a little bit. So in the meantime, he says, let's arrest Peter, let's take him to prison, and let's keep him until after the Passover, then we'll put him to death. And so that was their plan. Now, Herod had been around in a while, and he had seen God move. He didn't really recognize it as God. He'd seen God do some great things, uh, miraculous things. He heard about other things, I'm sure, that God had done. And uh, so he was maybe a little nervous about this one called Peter who had been making a real change in people's lives because he'd been preaching the gospel and a lot of people getting changed and the power of God falling in his services and different things. And Herod had heard, heard all of this, so he knew, uh, he knew that God could do some things that he said, so Herod said to himself, hmm, we need to make sure that this Peter stays where I put him until I'm ready to kill him. And so they sent 16 guards, 16 prison guards, bound Peter, chained him between two of them, put him in the middle of this prison, chained to two guys, and spread the other 16 at the gates that they had to get through, and there was probably at least two gates, maybe three, before they got to the outer wall. And they spread the, they were real nervous about losing Peter. So he was doing everything he could to make sure Peter stayed where he put him. But how many know God's got another plan? So they put him in this prison, tied their chain to two soldiers. But God started this plan. Now, if you notice in the story, Peter was asleep. Number one, I have a hard time sleeping sometimes with no chains on and nobody but my wife laying beside me, and we're in a king-side bed, so she's further over. But these guys were chained to him. How do you sleep chained to two big burly prison guards. Well, there's some reasons why people sleep. Sometimes they sleep because they're tired and worn out from working long, hard hours, not getting much sleep for a few days. Well, I could see that would be Peter because he preached. He traveled. He probably didn't sleep a lot. He probably preached everywhere he went. He, he did what he had to do. He was out, out moving for God, doing things for God, preaching. So, very well, he could have been physically tired, lack of sleep, because he'd been working, doing the kingdom's work. Then again, it's also people sometimes sleep really easy because they get beat down physically. They get beat down emotionally. They get beat down uh, mentally because the world is just beating them up, and they've had a hard week, a hard 
day or two, and it's just really beat them down, and mentally they're just drained, and emotionally they're drained. You ever been there? And it's just like, I just need to go lay down. You ever been there? Just so beat up. Well, it's very possible he was beat up physically. I mean, they killed James, okay? You think Peter just said, okay. He probably fought him. He probably, they probably whooped him pretty good. You know he was probably emotionally and mentally just wore out. So maybe that was part of it too. Maybe he was just saying, hey, at least I don't have to fight. They ain't fighting me. I'll just lay down here and sleep and rest. I'm physically and mentally and just wore out. I just need to rest. But then you know how some people can sleep? You ever like people like this? Man, they can just come in, sit down, relax, and go to sleep. They can get in bed, and five minutes later, there's this out. Because they're just relaxed. They're just at rest. They're just at peace. They don't have any worries. They're enjoying life, and they just sit back, and they can just go. Don't you hate people like that? They just sow to sleep. And you sit there and toss, and you turn, and you struggle, and you think about what you got to do tomorrow, and you think about what you did today, and what you should have done today. And, uh, and, you just, and finally, you doze off. And then your silly dog at 1 o'clock morning barking outside and sound like a hound dog because that's what he is. And I had to get up last night and tell him to hush, real sweet like. And I locked him in the garage, so whatever it is he was barking at, he couldn't see. And I got back in bed, and you lay there, and you lay there. Because I get to preach today, and I want to make sure I don't mess up. And, you, you know, sometimes people can just go to sleep because they're just relaxed. Well, here we see Peter asleep. Maybe it was some of all three. Maybe he was physically worn out because he's been working long hours. Maybe he was really beat up physically. Maybe they did harm him. Maybe he just did, but I also know Peter had been preaching the gospel. And the gospel is peace, and I know he had a peace with God. So maybe with Peter, it was all three. He was just saying, hey, I'm not really worried about tomorrow, but, man, I'm man, tired. I'm going to take advantage of this and just go to sleep. Change or not change, I'm just going to sleep. I don't really know, but I do know one. He was asleep between two soldiers, and according to this story, tomorrow was the day he was going to die. So I don't really know what Peter was thinking about or what was going through his mind. But one thing we're sure, we know that Peter did put his trust in the Lord Jesus. We do know that he, for one thing, we know that he was not going to let the government tell him how to live. He was resting in the comfort of his relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I have no doubt that was part of it. And I believe that is what the church has been doing for a long time now. Resting in the comfort of their relationship of the Lord Jesus. See, what's wrong with that? Nothing. As long as we're not resting all the time and not doing what God has sent us to do. 
and be the person God has sent us to be, but we're just resting and relaxed in his relationship. We go through the motions. We come to church. Oh, that's been changed. That's shook some of us, sir. But now some have to do church at home. Some have to do church. We could have got both crowds in here today and still have some chairs left over. I, I miss the days when you could say, would y'all please in the back, would y'all stand and move to the front? Let's get close together. I mean, like being close together. Well, you can't do that now. It's a different world. Yeah, it's different. And I'm afraid that what's happened is the church has been just relaxing and enjoying their relationship with Jesus Christ, which is not wrong, but it's, it's kind of put them almost into a restful sleep for life. And I think something's about to happen. Matter of fact, I think it's already started. I think it started a few months ago with this pandemic. I think God's been nudging some of us, nudging us in our rest, saying, uh, it's time, and this is the first point if you want to fill it in, it's time to get up. Peter, it's not time to sleep. Get up. Living Bible says he, the angel slapped him on his side. Get up, Peter. Matter of fact, the scripture says, the angel said, quick, get up. And see, I think what's need to happen is some of us have been lulled into such a Man, it's been a good relationship, but we've been going to church, coming home, singing a few songs, hearing a few messages, going back home, going through our day, going through our week, not really liking our week, being beat up and tore down, and we were ready to come back to the church and relax a little bit and rest a little bit and build our relationship and get in this relaxing, re relaxation lifestyle of being a, just a relaxed Christian and not having to worry about anything. Well... I agree. I don't want to worry about anything, but sometimes you get too relaxed that you're no good for anybody. And Peter was laying there asleep, relaxing Jesus, facing death the next day, wasn't worried about that. Maybe that's great. But Peter was missing something. Peter, it's not time to sleep. Get up quick. And I think what's happening, if we'll really pay attention to what's going on around us, spiritually speaking, I think it's time for the church to get up quick. Something's about to happen. You've got to get prepared, and you can't do it laying down. The angel slapped him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up, Peter. See, we get up from sleep every day. I said in the service this morning, I said, who in here slept standing up? Raise your hand. The only one raised his hand was my grandson. He probably didn't sleep. He's probably up moving around the room all the night long. But everybody laid down or at least sat down. Some of you may have fell asleep in the chair and slept there all night long. But wherever you slept, whether you were laying down or standing down or fell off the floor and fell back to sleep, Eventually, you had to do what? Get up. And you do that every day, seven days a week. You go to sleep and you get up every day. 
Why do you get up? Because I got stuff to do. So you get up. Well, let me tell you what we, I think the Holy Spirit is telling us to get up from today. Yeah, we get up from sleep. We get up out of the chair because we've been sitting down. Sometimes we get knocked down or we'll fall down. You ever, how many's ever fallen down and look like an idiot falling down? And then you jumped up, at least us men do this. We jumped up and looked around and see if anybody saw how bad we looked. That's our pride kicked in. And we just throw our shoulders back and say, they didn't see that. Because we got knocked down or we fell down or somehow, but we got up quickly. You know, the Bible says we get knocked down seven times, but we what? We get up, right? So getting up is part of life. Well, let me tell you, we get up for many different reasons. But we also need to get up because what's been happening in our life, if we're honest with ourselves, is we've been down. Our attitudes have been down. Our hope has been down. Our faith has been down. We're sick and tired of being sick and tired. We're sick and tired of being told what to do. We're sick and tired of the lifestyle, and we're getting ourselves down emotionally, mentally, physically. We're getting down. Why? Because we're letting this, I'm calling it now, a pandemic. It's a pandemic that has become our enemy because it's geared to do one thing, get you down. Get you beat down, get you worn out, get you why? Because they want to control you. The government wants to have control, both sides. That's the truth. Some worse than others, maybe, but both sides wants control. That's why I say I don't care about the red wave, the blue wave, or any other wave except the move of God wave. I'm ready for the wave of God to make its way across this nation. I believe it's going to happen. But it's not going to happen in the church until we sense the Holy Spirit nudging us saying, get up, get your heads up, get your faith up, get your hope up, get your eyes up where comes your help, get your life up. Don't let this thing beat you down. Don't let this thing wear you down. Don't let this thing discourage you much. Get up out of that discouragement. Why? Because God can't do anything if you're down. Think about how many times in the Scriptures, stories we knew, David and Goliath. Remember the story of David and Goliath? Where was his brothers? They were beat down, hiding, down behind the trenches, scared to get up. David walked up and said, what are y'all doing? And they had their conflict. You know how that is. David went back. He got his stuff on, came back, and he moved out. Why? Basically, he said, I'm not going to let this thing get me down. He went and told Saul, Saul, I'm sorry. You can trust me. I'm not going to let this thing get me. Somewhere the church has been so down mentally, down physically, down spiritually, down emotionally, down in their faith, down in their hope, and the and God is not able to do things through us because we're sitting back hiding, waiting for this miracle person or this miracle drug to get us out of this situation. God says, I'm the only miracle maker there is. It's time to get up so I can do something else through your life. And so I challenge us today, the first thing, 
we've got to do is get up. You see, this pandemic or this pandemic, it's being used to cause fear in people's lives. We're afraid of everything. We're afraid of being around people. We're afraid of this. I'm telling you, we just do. How many have worked at a place and you heard that somebody so-and-so got it and they're not here today? What was the first thing that went through your mind? Oh, was I close to them? Uh, did I spend any time with them? Uh, you know what that is? That's fear gripping you, trying to get you to stop doing anything worthwhile, to focus on your fear and leave your faith behind. Focus on trusting man to come up with a miracle drug and leaving God behind, who is the only miracle maker we've got. That's the first thing we thought, and we go through, oh, no, Whew. I wasn't close to them. Oh, hallelujah. And we get a praise thing going on. Well, I'm not against praise. And I praise God I haven't got it yet. But you know what? I am not going to live in fear. I do not wear this because of fear. Matter of fact, I keep having to pull it up because I don't like it up there, and I wear it here more than I wear it here. Why? My glasses fog. I can't see what I got to do. Number two, I can't breathe, and it just bothers me. But we've been having over and over and over again in our work, the bosses at our work going in on and off in our ear, put your mask on, say six feet away, do this, do that. We got to make sure there's people taking pictures. There's, there's media here. We got to make sure we're not doing anything wrong. And all it's done is trying to instill fear in our lives that we need to fear this pandemic because it's going to take our lives out if we don't do what they say. No, I wear it because it is part of the job. You have to wear it. And if I work there, I need to obey by what their rules are. It's the same way if the mask, if you walk into a store and it says wear a mask, if I go in that stair, store, I need to do what they tell me to do. Not out of fear. It's just the thing. It's like anything else. That's their store. We should obey their rules. If you don't want to obey their rules, don't go in that store, right? That's just the way it is. Same way with church or whatever. But don't do it out of fear. Don't do it because you're afraid I'm going to get this. Just do it because it's a thing you have to do, but do it with the joy of the Lord in your life and the presence of God in your life and all the other things that come with living a relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing that he is the answer to all things. Amen? But we must understand this thing is geared, this pandemic is geared to make us afraid because it wants us to quit. It wants us to lay down. It wants us to give up. It don't want us to believe in a better tomorrow. It don't want us to believe that there's hope for this nation. It doesn't want us to believe anything that's positive. It wants us to keep us beat down negative. Why? Because if you're beat down, then they can step in and take over. When I say they, the enemy. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the enemy of your soul. And it's time you and I understand, it's time to get up. Everything we think about, if you think about it, every day, this pandemic is being used to cause fear. Think about it. Wear the mask. Stay inside. Don't get close to people. Wash your hands. Stay out of crowds. Lock yourself away. Close your doors, on and on. You know what that's? That's fear, 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 
fear beating us down. And we can't let it. I discovered something the last week or so. I've discovered something. I can't see their face. And sometimes people talk to me and I'm supposed to know them and I can't see it and I say, pull it down so I can see who you are, just for a second. But I've discovered something. I can watch people's eyes. And I can tell when they're angry and never see their mouth. I can tell when they're frustrated. Just look in their eyes. But I can also tell when they're smiling. How many can tell I'm smiling now? You can't see my smile. Well, what's changed? My eyes. I can speak words of anger. I can't believe they did that. And my eyes change. I can say, man, how you doing today? It's glad, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're part of what's going on. I'm glad you're showing this today. And my eyes change. I figured out. This stinking mask is not going to rule my life. And if I want people to smile, I can still smile even though I'm hating this thing on my face. But I can still smile. And it's amazing how people's attitudes will change when mine changed. That's what I think God is trying to tell us. Get up! Get your attitude up. Get up out of that fear. Get up out of that worry. Get up out of that down and out thing. Get, out, get up out of that trusting in man thing and get your faith back in God. Get up in your faith. Get up in your hope. Get up in your strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get up in your joy and watch the strength of God take over. And I promise you, when you start getting up, things will start changing. And what you're doing is getting prepared for something greater than what's going on in your life. So you don't want to be hit by a move of God down and out because it may take you down and out a place you don't want to go if you're depressed and discouraged and belly aching and griping and complaining and fussing and mad and angry and hateful and all the things that go with fear and the move of God hits you you won't recognize the move of God you'll recognize it's something else that's bothering your life but if you're prepared and you've got your attitude up and got your hope up and you're looking for a move of God. And you're expecting the move of God. Yeah, wearing a mask and doing through all the motions of that, but I'm still inside. I come to church. I try to come to church every Sunday. And I stand back in the back. And I'm watching people. But what I'm watching more than anything else is I'm watching for a move of God. Pastor is too. I'm expecting it someday to start right up here. And start right over there. And start up here in that sound booth. Start right back here, start right here, start right here, and a wave. And I've seen it happen in churches. I saw it in Brownsville. Massive crowd, a thousand of people. And I was there once, and I watched it. I saw it with my eyes start in one point of the church, and it moved. And it was this literal wave of God has moved, and people begin to respond. And you, and I mean, and they didn't know it. Oh, they knew it, but I'm just telling you, and it began to move, and it moved until that whole place was saturated. I'm watching. I'm believing. God says I bring them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Isn't that what he says? 
I'm thinking they're going to, God's going to do something. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be hiding behind the chair fearful of this thing called the pandemic, thinking it's going to take my life out if I expose myself too much. No, I want to be standing up. I want to get up because God's about to move, and I want to see it move when it happens. I want to be part of it. I want God to use me as much as he can use me in his last day's move. Amen? So, folks, it's time to get up. And here I am again, just like this morning, running late. But we'll get over it. When we get up in our attitude, the chains of worry and depression fall off. When we get up in our faith, the chains of worry fall off. Chains of fear fall off. When we get up in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ, the chains of weakness fall off. I want you to see one other thing real quickly here that the angel told Peter to do next. He said in verse 8, then the angel told him, get dressed, put on your shoes, and he did, and then the angel said, now put on your coat. Think about it for just a second. Get dressed, put on your shoes, and put on your outer layer, your coat. You know what he's telling Peter to do? Number two, get ready. Peter, get up. Now get ready. How many know we do that every day? I hope you get ready before you go to work. I hope you brush your teeth, fix your hair, if you have it to fix, put your clothes on, and if it's like today, put that outer coat on. And then you go. Understand? You, you do it every day. Every day you get ready for your day, don't you? Every day you go through your routine to get ready for what you have to do that day. If you work, you got certain things you have to do. If you're off that day, you got certain things you want to do. And you get ready for that day. You get up and then you get dressed for that day. I don't know if anybody noticed this. Peter's a grown man. Peter's been getting ready every day of his life for who knows how many years. I don't need my wife to tell me to get up in the morning and get ready. I don't need her to tell me to put my shoes on. I'm going to put my shoes on. I don't need her to tell me to put my shirt on and put my pants on. I'm going to put my shirt on. I'm gonna put my... I don't need her to tell me to get dressed. I don't need her to tell me to put a coat on if it's raining or if it's cold outside. I don't need her to tell me. How many understand? I've been doing that all my life. I know how to get dressed. Did you notice in this story, the angel told Peter, get up quick, get ready. Oh, and by the way, Peter, put your shoes on and put your coat on. Why did the angel specifically say these things to Peter? Because there's a deeper meaning than just getting ready for your day. There's something else. Let me quickly go through this. In this living Bible, he just said, get dressed. The King James Version says, gird thyself. He told Peter, Peter, get up and gird thyself. There's a meaning there. In those days, they wore robes. Long robes, more like a dress. And even the outer coat was kind of sometimes long, but sometimes it was shorter, but they had the long robes and they wore And they would tie their waist with a belt, which was more like a, just a, something they would tie with, 
And when they would gird themselves, they would gird that belt a little tight, and they'd reach down, they would grab that robe, and they would tuck it in to the belt. And now it's kind of like pants. So now they won't get tangled up, and they can move better. The angel's saying, Peter, gird yourself for what's about to happen. He's not just telling you to get dressed. He's telling you to get prepared for something you don't know what's about to happen yet. Matter of fact, Peter, at this point, still thinks he's seeing the vision. But he does it. So he girds himself. Well, this is a spiritual word, gird yourself. The Bible says we gird ourselves with truth, the belt of truth. I don't have time right now to get into the, the uh, armor of God, but the armor of God is, is mentioned in this scripture in these two ways. Gird yourself and, or get dressed, gird yourself, put your shoes on, put your coat on. That's all part of the armor of God if you understand the armor. Listen to this very carefully. I don't know if you've ever heard this or not before you, but I want you to listen. Whenever you put the armor of God on, there's a real meaning behind every piece of armor, and here's the real deep meaning. Jesus. Every piece of the armor is another way of saying Jesus. Put on Jesus. Think about it now. Loins gird about with truth. Jesus is the truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. We are the righteousness of God through Christ. He is our righteousness. Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Jesus is our peace. Shield of faith. Jesus is our faith. Helmet of salvation. Jesus is our salvation. Sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, Jesus is the word of God. When the angel told him, gird yourself, he's saying, Peter, get ready to gird yourself with the truth of God. It's about to take over in greater ways than you ever thought of. Get ready, Peter. Gird yourself with truth. Let me tell you, my friend, God is nudging us to get up and gird ourselves. Get ready for what's about to happen in the land. And you can't do it without the peace of God. You can't do it without the word of God. You can't do it without the truth of God. You can't do it without the spirit of God. You need God in your life as you go. And you don't want the pandemic to catch you undressed. You don't want to catch the move of God to catch you undressed. You need to be ready for life. And I want to be ready for what God's about to do. And God works through his word. God works through his son. And every piece of the armor has to do with the word of God and the son of Jesus, the son of God, the father, Jesus Christ. Every piece of armor. So you know what? I need to get up and get dressed every day with Jesus. Every day I need to walk out of my house with the joy of the strength of the salvation of Jesus in my life. I need to walk out every day with the hope and the strength and the power of the trust of God and of his word, of his truth of the word. I need to go every day in the peace of God with on my feet, knowing that whatever I walk into, the peace of God is going to carry me through that day, and I'm going to go through. I need to go through with the shield of faith up, not the shield of fear. I don't need to be hiding behind the shield of fear. I need to be standing strong with the shield of faith every day. And you need to understand, when Peter was told to get ready, Put your shoes on, Peter. Get dressed. 
Peter knew that, but he was telling, the angel was telling him, Peter, about something else is about to happen, and you got to be ready for it. So get up quick and do what you got to do. But the last thing the angel told him, now put on your coat, put on your coat. Have your and your mama, put on your coat now, put on your coat, put on your coat. Well, if you look the word coat up in here, you'll see many times it is translated as something else. It's translated as mantle. And in the Word of God, just about every time you see the word mantle, it has to do with the Spirit, with the Spirit of God, the anointing of God, the will of God for your life. Elijah and Elisha, Elijah, the, 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 the mantle of Elijah came down and fell on Elisha, and he picked it up, what was, and he struck, he, he did, the mantle was the move of God in Elijah's life, and it became the move of God in Elisha's life. The mantle, it was the covering of God. It was the will of God. It was God covering his life. It was God taking over in his life. And here he's telling Peter, Peter, get up, get dressed, put your shoes on. You're going to need the gospel still. You're not through preaching the gospel. You're not dying tomorrow, Peter. You're still going to preach the gospel. Get up and put your gospel shoes on. You got some more work to do. But don't forget, Peter, don't leave this place without anointing. Don't leave this place without the will of God. Don't leave this place following anybody but God. Make sure when you're walking out of this place, you're going where God is going. You're following God. The angel said, follow me. Kind of like Peter, kind of like Paul told the people that came to Jesus under his ministry. You follow me as I follow Christ. The angel is saying, you follow me. I'm going to take you in the direction of God. We're going in the direction of God. Peter was saying, angel was saying to Peter, get dressed, but don't move anywhere until you got the covering of God on your life. You've got the will of God. You know where you're going because you're going in the will of God. You're moving in the direction of God. When that happens, that takes us to the last thing. He said, now put on your coat, verse 8 says, and follow me, the angel ordered. You know what that tells me? The angel nudged him. Peter, quickly, get up. Peter, get dressed. Get your shoes on. Get the anointing on. Get the coat on. You're not through yet. You're going out of here and follow me. In other words, now get moving, Peter. Get up, get ready, and get moving. How many of you would get fired of your job if every day you got up, you got ready, but you sat back down and didn't go to work? How long would that last? How long will it be for your boss to say, uh, where are you at? We were running late this morning. For some reason, we thought church started at 9, not 8.30. We didn't get here until 10 minutes after 8. My wife was late for practice. My daughter called us about 8 o'clock and said, are y'all coming? <laughs> are y'all okay? Yeah, what time did church start? Uh, we started practicing, you know, I mean, if that happened every Sunday, my wife said, ah, I'm just going to come. How long before Drew's going to say, mother-in-law, you can be replaced? <laughs> he probably wouldn't say that to her, but, you know, he would think it. You can't be late every Sunday. Well, you know what? Same way. I can get up every day. I can get ready, and I go sit back in my chair, and it won't last before too long. My boss is going to be calling me and say, Rob, did you quit or what? Are you giving up or what? You're not working for us no more? Because you're not here. You've been here the last two days and you ain't been here. Let me tell you, 
It's time that you understand as the church of Jesus Christ, some of us have been sitting too long. Some of us have been waiting too long. Some of us have been watching in fear too long. Some of us have been letting this pandemic, this pandemic, tell us how to live too long. And it's time for you and I to get up, get ready, and now get moving with the will of God in our life, moving towards God. Because there's something else about to happen, and he doesn't need you sitting down on the job. And I challenge us today, friends, it's time we get up, get ready, and get moving. Life goes on no matter what the government mandates for us. God is still God. Amen? And he's still calling the shots. And it's time to get prepared. It's time to get prepared. So one, two, three. Get up. No, right now. Come on. Get up. Really, get up. <laughs> this is the end of the message. Time to get up. We're going to go home. Get up. Say, I didn't do it the way you're supposed to. No, let's all stand for prayer. Let's all bow our heads. No, just get up. We don't have time for this dilly-dallying round. It's time to get up from where we've been and start getting ready for what God wants to get going in our life so we can move in the direction of God because we can't do it sitting around doing nothing. We can't do it sitting around letting this pandemic tell us how to live. Do the mandates. Do whatever they tell us we have to do, at least to a point. If they tell me I have to quit serving God, I'll have to say, mm, no, not today, not today. They may tell us, well, you can't go through these doors no more. Well, we might not be able to go to these doors, but my church is still, our church is still going to keep going. Why? Because the church is the body, it's the people, it's not the building. Amen? So we're still going to have church. You can't stop the church. I mean, no, Satan can't stop the church. He's tried, and he is not going to ever succeed stopping the church. But the move of God is about to move in such a way and shake this world to its core, and he's going to do it through the church, not through the building, but through the church, and we are still the church. Yes, we need to get together. Yes, you need to come when you can. Yes, we need, to, we, we need the fellowship. We need all of that. We still need that. And God help us, we'll get back there someday before Jesus comes, but we might not. He may just take us out of here before that day, and that'll be okay too, but he's going to do it empty-handed, and he needs us to get up, get ready, and get moving in the direction of God. So that's what I'm challenged us to do today. You've got to go over your life. You've got to see what this pandemic has been doing to you. It's been wearing you down. It's time to quit letting it wear you down. Get up in your attitude. If it's been beating you up, you've got to quit letting it beat you up. It's not your enemy anymore. Satan is the enemy, but God is the God, and he's still in control. So don't worry about the enemy. Just get up and live for God. Get ready with the armor of God. Get ready with the, with the peace of God. Get ready with the joy and the strength of the Holy Ghost. Get ready with the anointing of God and walk out of your house, not just to go to work, but getting ready for a move of God. I'm waiting for the move of God to hit Bass Pro Shop. There's people that need Jesus there. Just like areas at your work and at your house and at your neighbors, I'm watching. I'm looking for the day that something drastic is going to happen, and I'm not going to have anything to do with it. I just want to be part of it. Amen? So I challenge you today. Bow your head if you would, please. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you need him today. If you're watching online, you've been listening to this message, the truth of God's word is if you don't know Jesus personally, why are you waiting? Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to ask the Lord to come in your life. And if you've done that but you haven't been living it, it's time to do it again. It's time to make commitment again. And so this next prayer we're going to do, 
right now is we're going to all do it. If you need Jesus, you pray it because you need him. If you just want to uh, encourage yourself and, and, and re, resubmit your life, then you do it for that reason. But whatever reason you do it for, you get up, get ready, and we're getting prepared for God to move through our lives. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life more than I've ever needed you. And I ask you to come into my situation and change me. I need you to forgive me of my sin, of my laziness, of my sitting down. I ask you to help me to get up. From this day on, I get up, and I'm getting prepared, and I'm going to get moving because of you in my life, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me, and thank you for helping me. And I give you all the glory and all the praise. Now just praise him in your own way. At home, praise him right now. If you've given your life to Jesus for the first time, give him the praise. If you're recommitting your life, give him the praise. If you just prayed this just, just because it feels good to pray it, give him the praise.